Everybody, please be seated. I hope you brought your Bibles with you today, if not in a uh, paper form or electronic form. But um, uh, I just want to thank you for uh, being flexible. Thank you for being here today. And uh, thank you for everybody who's uh, joined in online as well uh, from the comfort of your hopefully dry homes. Um, This morning, uh, as Julie said, we were going to be down at the park throwing a few sausages uh, on the barbie and uh, enjoying some good old-fashioned January games. But, uh, you know, welcome to Melbourne weather, right? You know, I mean, I don't mind these summer showers. We need the rain, that's absolutely sure. Lord, send it up north into our regional farmers and and everywhere that needs it. But um, praise God for the rain, and uh, I just want to thank you for being here. So give yourselves a clap. Come on, you're here. And even if you're watching online, give yourselves a pat on the back or have somebody else do it. Maybe a bit of a back massage at the same time, a bit of a shoulder rub would be really, really nice too, I'm sure. Can I get an amen for that? All right, fantastic. So as, uh, as uh, Pastor Julie started off by saying, often within a dark auditorium with TV screens, we go into theatre mode. And uh, theatre mode says, like we're sitting in, in uh, Village or Hoyts or something like, back, like that, we just kick the recliner, it falls back like this, and we just let it all happen. Well, that's not where you are today. You're in church, church is active, and uh, we as people are active. Amen? Okay, let's try that again. We're active, amen? All right. You know that I am going to bang on about this very often. In fact, I'll do it each week until it becomes second nature because you are vocal. And that was really a word from God <coughs> that Pastor Julie shared in terms of our silence. There, there, would, there is an enemy. Uh, his name is the devil, Lucifer. Uh, he has uh, cronies uh, at his disposal. And, uh, and yet it is most definitely a divided house. And a divided house will fall, has fallen. And uh, I feel today even that uh, God really uh, is changing plans on me as we speak, that uh, today we're going to touch on a couple of things. We're going to talk about choices. We're going to talk about sin. Who's excited about that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're going, oh, I don't know about that one, but uh, we're going to talk about sin and we are going to talk about authority. And so uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. So the last uh, couple of weeks, I've actually spoken about the fact that God is so comfortable with our choices. He is so secure. Our choices don't change his personal security because he's very, very, very secure. But what happens is our choices often change our own security the choices that we make, whether it's the choice to uh, change our hair colour, get an ombre or uh, buy a new handbag or a new car, guys, who'd like to buy a new car, yeah, upgrade, yep. And so, and so uh, whatever the choices we have, I saw somebody, what did, what did they say on uh, Facebook the other day? I saw somebody needing to make a choice about removalists. That's right. They were talking about removalists and the enormous list. And then there's reviews of how removalist A broke all their good crystal and removalist B was cheap, but, you know, they didn't. Anyway, and so choices, our every day is filled with choices. We know that. We're aware of that. 
But you see, what can often change is our ability to make those choices because it's so dependent upon how we feel. Uh, it's dependent upon what mood we're in. It's dependent upon what's happening in local Victorian government. It depends on what's happening with coronavirus. It depends on whether we're looking forward to a holiday that we think we might be able to have, but yet we still don't know whether we'll be able to go on it. It depends on so many things is our choice within the moment. And if you're a parent or you would like to be a parent, what you will experience is there are often a lot of choices, parental choices that you have to make, not only for yourself, but on behalf of children. And uh, sometimes those children are incapable of making their own choices or should I say incapable of making the right choices, right? And, uh, and, and then as a parent, you have to do the same. Well, unfortunately, the reality is, is that even as adults, even as adults, we can make childish choices, correct? The, yeah, the, I understand why you stayed quiet on that one. That's okay. That's all right. I'm secure with that. So the truth is this, is that as we make, <coughs> as we make choices... God is totally for you. I, I, I hope you understand that. Uh, that John ten ten says that Jesus came. He said he he said I have come that you may have life and life to the abundance. And that abundance doesn't just look like Ferraris and ice cream for breakfast, right? It looks not that you'd eat Ferraris, but it, well, if you could, I guess. But they're pretty delicious um, to look at. Anyway, I haven't driven one yet, so if you're out there and you've got one. I mean, right? But the point is this. The point is this. Um, uh, um, what is the point, Matt? Uh, the point is I got distracted by Magnum, Magnum Red Ferraris. Remember Magnum PI? Anybody old enough to remember Magnum PI? Like that, that is a classic. It might be a, bucks of, a bucket of bolts, but it might, it's a classic. Anyway, so the, cho- <coughs> the truth is this, John 1010. That's where I am. Thank you for helping me out with that. Uh, John 10, 10, I have come to that they may have life. And that's not just giving everything that we want, right? Because even as children, if we were to give our children everything that they want, what would happen? They would grow up to be spoiled, entitled little people. Actually, they actually grow up to be spoiled, entitled big people, <laughs> right? And so often we see in society people that have unfortunately grown up as spoiled, entitled Little people that have become big people and they still continue to be spoiled and entitled. Not a popular message from the platform here. I feel the love coming towards me. But the truth is this, the truth is this, Jesus is still so comfortable with spoiled, entitled, big people as well as little people. He's so comfortable with our choices. The reason is this, is that sometimes our choices lead to sin. Sometimes our choices lead to that moment where we become a, you know, selfish or we become uh, uh, preoccupied uh, with something other than the kingdom. We become preoccupied even perhaps with ourselves. We might become preoccupied with a certain person in our life. Sometimes it's appropriate to pay attention to, a certain, to, to certain people in our lives for a time. But unfortunately, the reality is, is that if that starts to take away from your relationship with Jesus, that has become an idol in our lives and it's become a choice that we've made to him. And we know even to the Ten Commandments is that you shall have no other God above 
the great I am, Yahweh. And so we understand, don't we? We understand the truth that he is our main focus. The Bible says that Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth, that he would redeem us even from our own personal choices. Can I get an amen? So your choice really does matter. What you choose every single day really does matter. Even Jesus, when he walked the earth, had to make choices, didn't he? He had to make choices. People were pulling on him. Um, I remember one time he denied his, even his own family, his own mother wanted to see him. I remember, remember the water into wine. That might be a bit great favourite for people. Like, you know, remember, the, have I told you the story about the senior pastor who was driving his car? <laughs> I only got one yes. So I take that as a very low percentage and I'll share it. So he's driving down the road, he's driving down the road and he's been got on a few, you know, drinking, right? And, and like while he's been driving anyway, uh, the local police officer pulls him over and uh, he said, you know, license and, well, they don't say license and registration in, in Australia, do they? Can I have your license, please? And, uh, <clears throat> and he said, yes, yeah, certainly. And he handed over his license. And the, as the police officer was looking inside the car, he said, uh, he said, sir, what's in that bottle there? That, that looks like wine. And he goes, no, 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 it's water. No, sir, that really does look like wine. Can I have a look at it? Police officer takes one look. He smells it. He goes, that's wine. And the pastor said, he did it again. <laughs> okay, I got a few laughs. It was worth it, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Jesus turned water into wine. And yet his response to his mother was what? He said, woman, don't you know that my time has not come? Woman. He even referred to his own mother as woman. Josh and Charlotte, don't ever refer to your mother like that. <laughs> he said, woman, don't you know that my hour and my time has not yet come? Now, why would he say that? Because he knew the timing of his father. He knew the timing of when God, Father, Yahweh had called him to then begin the, the miraculous power and the miraculous display. And yet his mother had the audacity, daren't I say it, the faith. What was Jesus going to do? He wasn't a qualified winemaker. He didn't have a, a bunch of vineyards out the back that he could just quickly squeeze on them to speed up the fermentation process and bring it on. And yet, as a mother, she knew. She said, I know, Jesus can do something about this issue. We've got a shortage of wine for this marriage feast and it's embarrassing for the host. Go call Jesus. I'm sure he'll be able to do something. You can have the faith and the audacity to call upon the name of the Lord, to call upon Jesus, to make that choice that doesn't force Jesus' hand at all. Romans describes that the earth groans for the realisation of the sons of men. What that's saying is that we, as followers of Jesus Christ, would begin to understand the power 
the authority and the responsibility that we carry to be the children of God. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with him. If you are seated in heavenly places with him, that means that he has given you authority. Jesus at the Great Commission said, all authority has been given to him. When he said these words, all authority has been given to me. Now go. So he has empowered each and every single one of us to walk in authority. But it's got to come back to us making the right choices, the right decisions every single moment of every single day. We started off with uh, a couple of weeks ago looking at the book of Isaiah and uh, <clears throat> Isaiah describes Jesus and I'll just, I'll just briefly go there and then we're going to go to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 2. So Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7 says, For a child has been born to us, a son will be given to us. To who? Great. And the government will rest upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Now, it's, it, for some reason, whenever I talk about this scripture, I can't get past this Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. So Jesus is a wonderful counselor, and yet, he's a mighty God. So he's a wonderful counsellor to whom? Yeah, to who listens? <laughs> to who is obedient? <laughs> to who does what he says? You hear me, right? If you've ever stepped into a counselling session, and, and I have conducted many and been the recipient of many, if you ever step into a counselling uh, time, what the role of the counsellor is not so much to direct you. The role of a counsellor is generally to help you realise and come to a revelation yourself. The role of a counsellor is not the same as a teacher. Often, you know, uh, when I go to my mentor, I'll say, you know, I, here is this problem, here is this issue. Um, uh, uh, what do, what do you think I should do? And often is the answer is, what do you think you should do? No, 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 that's not what I asked. Answer the question, please. <laughs> what do you think I should do? Well, I think you should do whatever you feel you need to do. And I walk away, well, that's not helpful, right? Anybody relate? So... So the role of a counsellor is to help you through lines of discussion and intelligent questions to help you realise what you should do. I love it how God is not a God. He, he's a God that directs, amen? He's a God that directs. Why? Because the government rests upon his shoulder. Everybody who's been appointed in power has been appointed by him. Okay, the government rests upon his shoulder, even if we don't agree with who's in power and decisions that they're making. Okay, but the truth is this, is the government rests upon his shoulder, but he is a wonderful counsellor to those who would listen, to those who would actually and specifically come to that realisation that says, Jesus, what do you think I should do? And Jesus said, well, what does my word say? 
oh, that's, that, that, that's, that's a really great point. You are a wonderful counsellor. What does your word say about this matter? And so that's when we open his word and we open the Bible and we come back to it and we cherish it and we learn it and we memorise it and we become passionate about it. We become authoritative about it. And we say, this is the word of God on which my life stands upon. It is the foundation for my feet. The word, the word says that he is a light. The word is a lamp unto our feet. It shows us a direction of a little bit of the way because it only shows a little bit of the way because if we see too far down the track, then we can get ahead of ourselves. And so it leads us just enough, just enough that we can follow and that we can trust in his word of what he's going to say. But Jesus is such a darn good counsellor that he will come back and often, often, I don't know about you, but often I've come to him and I've, and I've gone, God, Jesus, I, I need an answer in this situation. I need direction in this situation. Uh, I need to, uh, I, I need something. And yet because he's a wonderful counsellor, often there'll be just like a gentle directional word. It doesn't give too much information away. But just enough to go, okay, I've got it. Or sometimes he stays silent because he says, I've already told you what you need to do. Now start being obedient in that. Hello? Comes back to our choices every single moment of every single day. You see, friends, living for him and being a Jesus follower, being a part of his kingdom and receiving kingdom benefits means we submit to the authority of the king. And everybody wants a king like Jesus, everybody. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace or, uh, sorry, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. How long? Forevermore. 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 How long is that? It's, it's forever. So... So get this, while the world appears, appears. Now let me tell you, the media would want you to think that things are getting worse in the world because they are obsessed with bad alarmist news. Okay? Okay? But actual fact, it says here that his peace will increase. Huh? Do you know that there's so much good around the kingdom happening around the world at the moment that we, we don't hear the half of it, but there are thousands upon thousands of people coming to Christ through this crisis. People valuing each other more than ever, valuing and realizing the need for us to come together, celebrate what Jesus has done, and then go out empowered and walking in authority. I want you to open your Bibles to just to, <clears throat> we're going to end on this, to Proverbs chapter 2. If you don't know where Proverbs is, it is right next, right after Psalms. 
about the middle of the Bible, a little bit right. Let me know when you got it. You got it? Probably can't see because it's so dark in here, right? Don't worry, I'll, le- I'll read it to you. So Proverbs chapter 2. Now, I'm reading this scripture because I want you to understand and I want you to hear and know that this scripture is, is, is entitled in my Bible called, and it's called The Value of Wisdom. How many know that when you're making the right choices, you need wisdom? Hello? It says this, verse one. My son, so that's everyone. My son, daughter, little one, big one. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. And then this is the kicker for us, verse three. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. Pastor Julie didn't know that I was going to be speaking on this scripture this morning, and yet she released a word saying, don't be silent. Hello? And can I just say, can I just say, Australian... Australians are conservative except if they're in Bay 13 at the MCG with cricket or football, right? Go Tigers, just quietly. Um, Right, we're we're way quiet. We think church, church is a solemn, holy place. Yes, it is. But there is also a holy cry. There is also a time to lift up our voices and not be silent. Because what happens when we lift up our voices is that we release a shout. We release something spirit that's spiritually within us that comes out. It's an authoritative shout, right? And so it says this, incline your ear to wisdom, but it depends on this that you apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment. And there's a time to cry out in our private place of worship, in our private place of reading the word. And there's a time to cry out in worship, in during church, even during somebody's preaching and they make a great point. There's a time to cry out. There's a time that the church needs to stop being quiet and start standing up and cry out and say, cry out for discernment. Say, Lord, I need discerning in this season and in this time. I need help. What do you want me to do? And lift up your voice for understanding. Some of us have not walked in understanding And we've made choices, some of the best choices that we thought at the time. And yet as we look back in hindsight, we go, why did I choose that? And we say hindsight is a beautiful thing. It's great to look back. You know, you get wiser as you get older, believe it or not. And uh, what for most people do. And, uh, and, And, but it says here, lift up your voice for understanding. And that just doesn't mean get noisy. It means who are you crying out to? 
Because friends, when we're during worship and the worship leader is, is working up a lather and, 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 and trying to inspire you to worship more, it's not, it's not that you cry out to make the creative team feel better or the, or, 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 or the room feel better. It's your role, your responsibility. It's your choice that you step into this place and say, Lord, I lift up my voice. I'm crying out for understanding in this season because I don't know what choice to make. I don't know what I ought to do. I don't know how you're leading my family. I need you to help me in this matter. I need you to help me in my finances. That's the time of worship. There's a time to sing holy, holy, holy. There's a time to kneel down and be solemn and be quiet. But then there is a time, and often Sunday mornings, you'll know when it's a time to be quiet. But also you'll know when there's a time to cry out, cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. Because then it goes on in in verse four and it describes that if you seek her, what? Wisdom. If you seek understanding, if you seek discernment, if you seek wisdom, if you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Often I believe we don't cry out because of complacency and that we do not understand the fear of God in our own lives. And this might be a challenging word for some of you. You may not have ever heard somebody speak so strongly from a platform before. But friends, I need you to understand and those that are watching online that now is a time for us to cry out to God. Now is a time to step into that place of authority and make the right choices. Choose him above all else. Choose him above all things that we would not have allow anything other than him to control our lives than him to guide us. Why? Because he said he's a wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. Amen? For the Lord gives wisdom in verse six. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. He guards the paths of justice and preserves the way of his saints. Friends, as a church, we must not, as people, we must not allow sin into our lives. Because what happens is that if we allow sin into our lives, we give way to the enemy to have influence but I've got a promise for you. For the Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he gets back up again. That's a 100% strike rate. It's okay to feel convicted about sin. It's not okay to feel condemned. Why? Because Jesus paid the price for your sin. He, he, he paid it completely. He washed it away. The Bible describes us as white as snow. So it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's been done to you. He he said he takes that and he destroys it. He took it upon himself at the cross. Though we fall, we get back up. But if as a follower of Christ, we continue to allow sin and we are unrepentant about it, then we give way 
the enemy to come into our life and afflict great pain and influence. The Bible says the devil crawls around roaring like a lion, seeking whom he would devour. The wages of sin is death. Put anything before God and you're playing with fire. But man, you lay your life down for Jesus, a life surrendered, and you step into a place of where you are the fire. <laughs> you are the fire of God, a holy saint, completely restored, completely alive, never to be wiped out. The Bible says, though a thousand fall at your right and on your left, you shall not be touched. Why? Because he upholds the right hand of his saints. He upholds us and he seats us in heavenly places of authority. Amen? Amen? If you believe it, let's stand. We're going to pray. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Jesus, right now, I just thank you that you have made us alive. Jesus, right now, I thank you. I thank you for your word of truth. I thank you, Lord, of what you are doing in our own hearts and in our own lives. So Lord, right now, we give you glory. And Lord, I pray that you would empower us to make the right choices. Holy Spirit, that you would walk with us, that you would fill us afresh, God. Lord, that we would declare your love to our community and to our friends and our family. Lord, that your truth would be established in our own hearts and our lives. Lord, that we would find great joy in living a life surrendered to you. Surrendered yet fully empowered. Continually broken yet continually mended. Lord, that we would be your right people in the right place at the right time. Jesus, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you that you are restoring hope. And Lord, right now, as we come before you, cause us to cry out. Cause us to lift up our voice. Jesus, I'm reminded of your scripture as, as Paul said to Timothy, that, that he said, Timothy, fan the flame that is within you. Lord, help us realize that that is our responsibility to fan that flame, God. But even now, right now, we invite your Holy Spirit that you would blow upon the coals of our hearts, that we would burn for you like never before. Lord, that we would see the enemy routed and destroyed, that we would see health and life. We would see our community lifted up, God. 
our workplaces, our work colleagues, our family and our friends, those that are sick, God. Lord, we thank you for past healings. We rejoice in the healings that you have already established in our lives and in the lives of others. But Lord, we ask you for more. And Lord, as we step into this anointed and holy moment and this time right now, we surrender ourselves to you. This might be completely new to you and you may never have surrendered your life to Jesus. You may have been a follower of Jesus all of your life. I just want everybody to say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Help me live empowered. Help me walk with you. And Lord, I will never be the same. Jesus, right now, we thank you for your anointing in this moment right now, this sovereign time. In Jesus' name. We all said, Amen.